Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. This morning is June 3rd, 2019, 11 a.m., and game two of the NBA Finals was last night, so I have a great guest who's going to join me in a second live here in studio. <laughs> Should be a lot of fun. We're just going to – we'll be breaking down these what we've seen out of these finals so far, and maybe we'll talk a little bit of baseball or some other stuff a little later on. If you would like to, real quick, if you'd like to support this podcast, I know some people have been asking me lately how they could do that. Go ahead and subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a five-star review. That helps a lot with growing the audience. That's something I'm trying to do right now, and it would mean a lot to me. So that's one uh, way that you can give back to the show, and I thank you everyone who's listening. And at this time, I'm going to bring in our guest today. We've got a guy making his podcasting debut. Yes, sir. Bear Coatman. How you doing, Bear? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me, Jack. I'm excited. Uh, I should also add a uh, new member of the TCU basketball team. You are one of the managers now. Yes, sir. Looking looking forward to it next year to get involved with basketball uh, in a sense that's not just fandom. Yeah. So I feel like I'm going to be a part of the game, so that's pretty cool. Has that changed at all the way you've, you've looked at this finals? Have you looked at it through a different lens as someone who's a manager now? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily that, just because I've only gone to three practices at TCU. <laughs> so I kind of get a sense of what maybe they go through during practices and stuff like that, just because I'm constantly setting up the drills for the coaches at TCU. But other than that, no, I'm still... Just a fan, I think. Just I love the NBA Finals. It's so exciting. Well, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thank you for joining me yeah, for early me. this morning, too. I know you're not the biggest morning guy, at least at the moment. No, not at the moment. Not in the summer. <laughs> but when it comes to basketball, I am, I say. <laughs> okay, great. So let's talk about what we've seen in these finals so far. We're two games in. Series is knotted up 1-1. What's jumped out to you? So far? Um, I think for when the Raptors are firing on all cylinders, they're a good team. And I didn't really... I mean, obviously they made the NBA Finals. I thought Milwaukee was a way more complete team. But when everyone's playing well, this Raptors team, I really think, can beat anyone. It's just if Pascal Siakam plays like he did game one, didn't really translate it to game two, I think I don't see any... I see they could maybe pull out an upset, maybe, if everyone's playing the way they should be, but we'll see when Kevin Durant comes back and if Clay stays healthy. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I feel like last night's game changes the way a lot of people look at the finals because I heard a lot of people saying going in, the winner of game two is going to win the finals. And I'm not, I feel like that's overreactionary a little bit. It's really easy for us to look at every single game and say, okay, that, that this is a must-win, now this is a must-win, and everything becomes pressurized. Now, I understand where they're coming from because Toronto had home court, and they want to lose that, and now you got Clay and Durant. We don't know what's going on there, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, and even Steph towards the end of the game looked like something was wrong, or I think he was dehydrated or something, and I don't know, his ankles got retaped a bunch of times, so we'll see, hopefully... They can all stay healthy and make it competitive for the rest of the way. Kawhi Leonard, I think he – I feel like we haven't really seen much of, like, playoff Kawhi until this year since his <laughs> NBA Finals uh, 
MVP, and I forgot how amazing it was. Yeah. Him on his own, like, as the main guy, he just puts everyone on his back, and he just, he, he almost won the game yesterday, and I don't know if you saw that and won, um, I think it was Draymond, and he, I don't know, just the strength of Kawhi, like, mentally and physically is just crazy to watch, yeah. and it's so awesome, and I think you're looking at the face of the NBA for the next, whatever, five, six years. Oh, interesting. I mean, because... That's, a, that's an interesting point because in terms of play, I think he's as good as anyone in this league. Right. But the way that these leagues now are operating, the NBA, and now you're seeing it with Major League Baseball, everyone wants, the leagues want these guys to be these larger-than-life characters too. Right. So can you see him as the face of the league even though he doesn't have much of an interest in marketing himself? Yeah, I don't. See, I don't know about that because you're always gonna have someone like uh, Mike Trout, like Mike Trout. He's not. He does market himself. Yeah, and then you're gonna have guys like Steph Curry, where the marketing basically his play does it for him because it's so exciting, yeah. and people just want a piece of that. Under Armour wants a piece of that. Everyone wants a piece of that. And I guess I heard Draymond talking, saying that he's like he's never heard a word, or like he never heard hears a word out of Kawhi Leonard. And I think the NBA likes to have those guys that bring um, attention to themselves, I guess. Yeah. And I think a lot of the Warriors players do that on social media, on on the court, and whatnot. So I think Kawhi Leonard definitely has the talent. I don't think he really necessarily wants to be the face of the NBA. I think he just wants to win championships. And we'll see. I feel like it's just how the NBA markets him and if they get behind him. So... Is there a specific time period that you look at? I know I'm a little bit older than you, so maybe you don't quite remember a certain era that I'm thinking of, but there's a time period where I feel like the whole entertainer part really came alive, where you started to see these players really want to become entertainers. Entertainers want to be ballers. True. Very true. I think rappers nowadays want to be basketball <laughs> players and yeah. rappers, I mean, basketball players all want to be rappers, it seems like. It feels like that came about around the early 2000s in the Iverson era. Yeah, I was going to say the Iverson and then that draft class with like Carmelo Anthony and D-Wade yeah. and LeBron, they all came in wearing like the do-rags and what's not and like <laughs> all the jewelry and stuff like that right out of college so and I don't I mean I don't really know because I wasn't like watching basketball yeah like, very early 2000s so I don't really know what it was like well I guess Rodman was very out there but. he was out there I think he was just being himself though I right mean. so I think that probably at least from what I've heard from my parents or grandparents that the NBA has definitely gotten more out there in terms of entertainment and I guess it's smart drawing putting seats putting fans in seats and stuff like that because the drama is half the fun I yeah I watch a lot of MLB Network do you ever watch MLB mm-hmm. Network yeah MLB Central with mm-hmm. Mark DeRosa right yeah he was talking recently I'll, I'll try to do my Mark DeRosa impression <laughs> here Let's this hear. idea of being a performer is a new idea. When I was coming up in the minor leagues on a bus, I was not thinking about how I had to entertain people. Right. I was just trying to get hits. <laughs> that sound like him? Oh, yeah, it sounded like Dero. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's 
I mean, there are a lot of guys like him who talk about this idea that they never ever thought of themselves as entertainers. And now that's where the league in baseball, they're trying to push some of these players to do that. And to me personally, the play, I'm just a sports fan. The play is entertaining enough to me. I agree. I don't need anything else to add on to it. Even hey. even now, like I feel like the entertainment factor, like they're trying, like college kids, like the college players, at least that I've been yeah. around and seen on social media, they they are trying to put the entertainment aspect into it, which I guess is good. But like, I think you got to worry about your studies and you got to worry about basketball and basketball so or whatever sport you play should always be at the forefront and yeah i don't know i feel like academics too yeah <laughs> i feel like i feel like once i re- I respect your game more if you're you just let your play do the talking and that's why i respect Kawhi leonard so yeah, much i'm the same way it's nice to have an old school guy like that especially in these finals and it's good to see some new blood in there too i think Final. a lot of people are getting behind toronto for many reasons look let's let's be real here there aren't a whole lot of people outside of Oakland that like the Golden State no. Warriors at the moment. No. <laughs> I think collectively I like some guys on that team, but I don't want to see that team win. Yeah. I, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, Toronto, I think it's very cool to see them in the whole Jurassic Park thing, yeah. watching the fans get yeah. all excited. That's cool and all. The Drake thing might be a little too much for me, <laughs> but that's just me. But it's really cool to see... All these fans rally around the Raptors for their first finals. So I feel like there are people who were against the Drake thing, and they're like, all right, yeah, like you said, a little too much. But now with him up against the Warriors, oh, there they, are people like, you go, Drake, you do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Try to get Draymond teed up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, did you see a sweatshirt he was wearing yesterday? What was that one? He was... Uh, I think it was just a normal Raptors uh, sweatshirt in the front, and then on the back it had Kevin McAllister from Home Alone saying, <laughs> Kevin, like his cat did. Like, <laughs> I missed that yeah, off the window one up. I think in the tunnel after the game, because Clay and Katie obviously weren't playing at the end of the game, and they were waiting for the team, and I think Drake got in the tunnel, and they were talking back and forth, which is so funny to me. Like, how are you trash-talking, <laughs> not like an actual player? Yeah. But it's hilarious because... Drake was saying, like, oh, you played well tonight, Kevin, stuff like that. (laughs) Like, the video is very exciting, and I'm like, I hope he makes the trip to Oakland. That might be entertaining, but who knows. So, Bear, I know you have some notes with you. What's the latest on Durant and Clay? Is there anything since last night, or is it pretty up in the air of what we'll see? Because the next game is on Wednesday. Yeah, I know Steve Kerr said that Clay's fine, but he also said that Clay would could be dying and he'd say he's fine <laughs> so i i think that i'd be shocked if clay doesn't play on but i'm listening to the beat reporters on twitter golden state they all seem to think he's gonna play okay kevin durant on the other hand i don't know i feel like if they lost game two he'd find a way to yeah. get there yeah. but we'll see i have no they're not idea. They don't have to be as urgent mm, at right, the moment. You're right. Especially cons- going home. Yeah, and considering the contributions they got out of the other guys in right. this last game. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised with DeMarcus Cousins. For his, I mean, he's clearly not in game shape. And he, I didn't even think he had a bad game one by any means. But game two, he really played well. And uh, Quinn Cook, I thought was very good. 
And then Draymond Green was was awesome. So yeah. Draymond's defense was fantastic last night, as was Iguodala's. Right. Iguodala, another guy. What, yeah. In terms of health, what are you going to get out of him? That's a big question. I mean, I've, I I kind of see that guy as not like the heart and soul of the team, but he's kind of like the backbone, it seems like. Yeah, he's always, the stable force. Right. And he seems like just a great leader. and they, they seem like they're a lot better on defense, especially when he's on the floor. And then, obviously, he hit that big shot last night. Yeah. Which... Oh, my goodness. Some people were mad about taking it, but he made it, so. Which is understandable, because I think, what, they would have had the ball with two second, or six seconds left down, too? Yeah. So it was a questionable shot, but he was wide open. I guess he got to take it. Yeah, when you're that open. Yeah, and I know he's not the best shooter, but I feel like in the finals, he comes up big all the time. Yeah. So. I You know what's funny is, I saw him play when he was with Philly, oh, and yeah. this was like, Nine years ago, right. it was Iverson's last career game, and I actually someone gave me. I would never get these seats because I I don't have these kind of connections. Right. Someone gave me tickets that were in the second row, like next to the tunnel where the, all the Sixers are coming <clears> out. So we were watching the warmups, and Iguodala was raining down threes like I've never mm-hmm. seen a guy before. I remember in. I don't remember much of Iguodala because I was on the Sixers, but I remember him playing in those U- Team USA teams with, yeah, yeah. with like LeBron, Melo, and Kobe, and he was right up there with them. Yeah. In terms of athleticism, he was crazy, crazy, crazy. And I watched some of his Philly highlights, and he can, he could dunk the ball like nobody nobody's business. It was crazy. Yeah. And so he was raining down all these threes, and so I was thinking maybe he's just not the best in-game shooter but mm-hmm. if he's wide open he can hit him last night he was wide open so he knocked it down yeah because that's a different skill set to shoot with a guy just a couple feet away from you versus or you or someone right in your grill right versus someone that's nowhere within 15 feet <laughs> right, of you right. i don't know what do you think on uh i on that play right before draymond or right before steph got the ball i think draymond had the ball I thought they should have fouled him right there and gave yeah. him an extra time. And then yeah. and I also thought Steph may have gotten fouled before he dumped it off to Iguodala to hit that three. Ooh, I, I would have to look that one up. I don't remember. But, yeah, I, I, that was a big thing is should they foul Draymond? And I mean, I think you have to. And yeah. You can't really foul. If you're going to foul anyone on that Warriors team, it would be Iggy or him, right? Yeah. So I think you got to get the quick foul right there. I don't Steph did a great job of beating that box in one. And that's crazy. I, had ne- I haven't seen that since, what, I played AAU. Yeah, that was insane. And, it, and like, honestly, at first, I, I mean, it was like, it, you could tell it was making him frustrated. And yeah. Van Vliet was very impressive, I thought. Oh, yeah. And, like, he had kind of a rough go, with, a go of it in the first couple rounds of the playoffs. But a few games, like... Came alive in Milwaukee, that's for sure. Oh, Yeah. And that reminds me of Wichita State man lead with Ron Baker. Man, he's just raining everything. He's playing hard. I'm that steal on Steph. I feel like that he had a nice little swipe on Steph and then laid it in. I feel like that kind of defines Fred Van Vliet. He's very he's a workhorse. He plays with a lot of heart. A lot of heart. Feels like he was undrafted. I think maybe or maybe not. But I'll look that one up. Um, he just seems like he has that undrafted mentality. Or yeah, he does. Like high round mentality where he has to prove himself every time he goes on the floor. And I think he definitely did that on the biggest stage yesterday. I didn't know Fred Van Vliet was from Rockford. Yeah, he was undrafted. You're right. 
Yeah. And he looks like he spent some time in the G League as well. Yeah. I think he might have won, been a G League All-Star. Yeah, he was a G League champion, it yeah. says. I don't know if he was an all- I so a champion All-Star or something out. like that. But, yeah, I was very impressed with him. Yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about this idea of kind of how pressurized Game 2 was in the sense of here's the opportunity Toronto has where if you win this game and then you might be looking at, all right, we're up 2-0, we've got home court. They are now all the pressure is on Golden State. They might be playing without Durant and Clay, and who knows with Iguodala. Right. Man, it was a missed opportunity for sure. However, the one thing I will say, and look, I'm expecting Golden State to win this series because who is it? Everyone is. Right. One thing I will say. This team has played very well with their backs to the wall. If you go back, they were down 2-0 against Milwaukee. They were down 2-1 against Philly. Right. And Kawhi has come up big in those big moments when they've been down. So I'm expecting... What I'm expecting, and I'm not a huge predictions guy, I think this is going to be 2-2 going back to Toronto. I can see it. I could definitely see it. And if Toronto can get that, then they've got home court back. Right, and that's huge, and I know it's like it's ways away, but two two and your home court, you're in the driver's seat. Yeah, and it's hard to be in the driver's seat against the Warriors, so they just gotta capitalize when they can. And I think Kyle Lowry has got to step up. Yeah, I was looking for him to have a big game because that's supposed to be your. I mean, Kawhi, it's Kawhi's team. He's only been there for a year, but Kyle Lowry's been through it. All with the Raptors. Yeah. Since what? It's got to be at least eight, nine years. Something yeah. like that. He was with DeRozan. He was with whatever. He's been the guy. And besides, like, I haven't really seen him step up in a big game besides what he... He had a good game in Milwaukee, I think. I don't remember exactly what game it yeah. was. But that's supposed to be your floor general. That's supposed to be the heart and soul of your team. That's supposed to, That was the face of your franchise. It's going to be the face of the franchise if Kawhi doesn't re-sign. So I feel like... Your big, your, that's a name that has to step up. And his defense was usually great, but I saw he just kind of looked lazy out there. Sometimes I saw there was a little slow Euro step from Draymond Green that got right past Kyle Lowry, and he did a little like ill attempt at a steal as he got by him, but didn't really move his feet. And then fouled out, obviously. Yeah, you can't foul out. You can't foul out in a finals game. Especially as a guard. Because I, absolutely, big men they can chalk up those fouls where someone drives in on them, and you know it's easier to foul out as a big man. But yeah. as a point guard, yeah, a lot of those fouls are typically just really dumb reaches. Right, Curry picks up a lot of those dumb fouls too, and he expects to get away with them. Yeah. yeah, didn't he have a technical last night? Oh my goodness, I could not believe how upset he was about getting a tech there. I mean, don't throw the ball up 100 feet in the air. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's in the rules. You can't slam the ball down, so why would you be able to throw it up in the air? And that's part of why people don't like the Warriors. And look, I'm sure Steph Curry is a great guy in real life. I, I do, too. I think he is. Yeah, and I like him. I'm not – I don't – on this podcast, I don't like to be critical of people too right. much. But I will say, I think one of the – knocks that people have on the Warriors from a fan standpoint is they feel like sometimes they act like they're above the law. Absolutely. They got some divas in that that team, I think. Not divas, but like... Guys who are going to pick up technicals and then 
They're going to be surprised when they pick up a technical. It's like they're expecting because they are the Warriors right. that the refs aren't going to call those against them. I mean, Durant and Boogie Cousins, you got to be worried about that. <laughs> Tech, they can get a technical. And Draymond. Yeah, Aunt Draymond. I don't know why. Those three, like, they could snap any second, which Kevin Durant wasn't really like that at Oklahoma City. No. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think he's gotten more comfortable, and he's talks a lot to the ref. I think. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this moment last night. It looked like Draymond. There was one point where he was kicking his leg out when he was pivoting. Did you see that? Mm, I must have missed it. Oh. Well, he was out on the perimeter, and he was. I think he passed out of a trap he was on. And he was swinging his leg around, and oh, I'm like, Christ. this just looks like... Some people have called him the human kickstand. Yeah. It's like he's an action figure, and his move is just the kick. Right. And did you see that reach-in foul he got? And he went insane when yes. he called out. He just started <laughs> screaming. It was, and, like, when I they showed the replay, it was clear. And, like, there have been, I think, a few questionable calls in the series, especially I saw an and one, yeah. I think, on for Kawhi Leonard, that Kavon Looney uh, fouled him, I think. Yeah. I don't think it was a foul at all, but... I agree. Also, but, the Curry where he backed into the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like, I think it'd be interesting if, and I don't know how you'd implement it, if there was a way that you could punish guys who were trying to get fouled. Right. And there were a ton of fouls called. I'm not talking a suspension or anything like that. I'm just saying, like... I'm not saying you rule a foul on that guy for trying to draw a foul, but yeah, exactly. Don't call everything. Right. And see, I think Kawhi Leonard, he got to the line a ton. I think he went for 16 for 16, which is NBA Finals record for most consecutive made uh, free throws. But every time he goes to the line, he's getting hacked. Yeah. I don't think he he just plays the game where he just – 100% 100% at the rim, and he just gets hacked because there's no other way to stop him. But yeah. There's some other, I think, weaker calls that have been made in the finals, but none from really Kawhi, I don't think. Another note on Kawhi and the Raptors as a whole, too. Kawhi was rebounding the ball phenomenally last night. Mm-hmm. He had some big boards. That team got a lot of second-chance opportunities. Oh, my gosh. There was one possession. I don't think they scored on it, but... Four out of the five players on the floor shot a three on the possession. They got, I think, Kawhi got two of those rebounds. His hands just come out of nowhere and yeah. snatch the ball. It's crazy. The claw, absolutely crazy. But and they can, they have those. They seem to have the higher energy when it comes to those 50-50 balls. And if they can keep that up, it's gonna be huge for them on the way. I think even though last night was a tough loss because they were up. 12, I think, was their biggest lead. Was 12 their biggest lead? Yeah, sound so. right. And then Warriors came out with 22-0 or what? Yeah. Or, that, or 18-0. And then all 22 of their field goals were assisted in the second half. Wow. So, that's, that's a good fact right yeah. there. So that's just, I think that's a, that's a Warriors basketball for you. So it's kind of hard to stop that, but... I'm sure that was a heart-sinking loss last night for the fans, and I'm sure the team did not take well to that loss, especially the fact that they came really close to tying it up there at the end. But what I will say, Nick Nurse and his guys, if you told them we're going to go 1-1 to start this series... Oh, they'd take it 100%. Yeah. They would love that. And I think Golden State would take 1-1, too. I think you have to. On the road, you have to. Without Durant. So I think... 
this is an interesting point where both teams are 100% content with where they're at. I would mm-hmm. think from a steer from a serious standpoint. I mean, I'm not Golden State's not, not from content. a health Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think the Raptors are in a place are in the best place possible in terms of their chance of winning the NBA Finals at a one one series. They have they have to take advantage of Kevin Durant's out. I think Kawhi's got to have a big game because they're obviously. I think I think Kevin Durant. Uh, is a better defender than defender than what he gets credit for. Yeah, and I think he he will do a great job on Kawhi. He scored fifty on Kawhi once this year. Kawhi scored thirty on him, but still, like I'm really looking forward to that matchup. I think people saying that the Warriors are better without Kevin Durant, I just have a hard time believing that. I get that yeah. the spacing might be better, they score more points, but Kevin Durant's the best scorer in the NBA, I think, and could be the best. Depending on who you are, he's the best player in the NBA. It seems like what could be the worst case scenario for Kevin Durant is if he doesn't come back, which I think he'll come back. I, I think he will. He will come back. I'm talking about in this series. I'm not talking about oh, this yeah. summer. It sounds like he'll be back game four. Yeah. But if for some reason he did not come back and the Warriors won this series without him, how can you justify coming back? As a free agent, I don't know. I don't think he can. I mean, I have a hard time believing that. Mm, see, I thought I don't think he's gonna leave Golden State, though. To be clear, I see. I think that he would have if the Knicks got the number one draft pick. Oh, okay. If the Knicks got the number one draft pick, I think Kyrie would have gone to the Knicks, and I think Kevin Durant would have joined him. But now that that's the case, and I'm hearing or I've heard more buzz, at least on Twitter, that he doesn't really want to leave as much as everyone thought he did so i wouldn't be surprised and there's not really what team really would he go to it's a good point like i guess it, the nets don't have money to spend on more than one superstar yeah i think i think i've heard buzz about Kyrie on the nets but um i mean there's a ton of free agents too yeah but i just don't really know like who who's gonna just splurge on Kevin Durant right now. Yeah. Let's let's briefly discuss Kawhi's future because I think I'm looking at two possibilities. And I, I think he's gonna end up staying here in Toronto. I yeah, I agree. I think making it to their first finals, I think they they've probably fallen in love with the guy. Yeah. He's probably fallen in love with that city and yeah. all the support. And I think the only way like that he would ever leave was go to LA Clippers maybe. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. People were talking about LeBron, and it was going back to last summer. Number one, Kawhi Leonard is not the kind of guy who's, I got to play with another superstar. He's an old school guy. You're seeing it right now. He's going toe-to-toe with these guys. He's not backing down. He's just playing competitively. Keeps his head down. He works. Mm -hmm. Number two, I don't necessarily know how many guys want to play with LeBron at the moment. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge, huge LeBron fan. Yeah. As you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually agree with you. I think that they're, the big names, the big name free agents should not go to the Lakers. I think the Lakers should focus more on those mid, mid-level guys that, yeah. that are jumping at the idea, oh, maybe I can play with LeBron, maybe I can propel this team to the next step. But I don't think they need a, I don't think a superstar will mesh well with LeBron at this point in his career. Because LeBron's going to want to be the guy for the next two years. And what? There's no fun. I mean, we saw 
we understand why Kyrie wanted to leave. Right. Every situation that LeBron is going into, he's leaving the team in a worse spot when he leaves. Every time. Every time. And now, hey, he might win your championship, so it may be worth it. Mm-hmm. In fact, it, it was worth Probably. it for Cleveland. Right, definitely. However, you're going to have the narrative of LeBron doesn't have any help. And you're going to just stand to the side and just become a jump shooter. And you're not going to get to do the things that you normally get to do. I do think the Clippers is a little feasible for Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to leave. But I think if he were to go somewhere, now you could talk about he bought a new home in Southern California. Now he's from there. Yeah. And he, he probably wants to live in the States in the summer, too. He doesn't right. want to have to live in Canada. So I, I some of these things. But I, I think... That Clippers situation is appealing. Doc Rivers, and there's oh, some yeah. nice pieces there. Oh, and they played fantastic against the Warriors, too. At least in that series, they really gave it, gave it, like, kept it closed the whole time. So I think that's an attractive landing spot for a lot of guys. Are they retaining? Like, I don't even know who, they, like, who they're retaining. <laughs> I don't either. Like, Gallinari, maybe? I feel like they, if they get a superstar, because they don't have that one superstar, yeah. they could be pretty good and pretty dangerous as if they were dangerous yeah if they i feel like beverly played amazing but i know he's a free agent but and i don't know if he's like your everyday point guard yeah but like there's some pieces and and definitely people will if Kawhi comes people will definitely get behind the cliffers i think yeah and i know they already do but I think it'll be very exciting if he does, but I don't really see it, especially taking this team to the finals. Yeah, and if they were to somehow win these finals, you can't leave. No, you can't leave. I want to bring up one last point about Kawhi, and then if we've got any other thoughts on this series, we can get into that, and then maybe move into some baseball. I was going to touch on this on my last show with Parker Gatewood, and we were talking a lot about Kawhi and the fact that he's a drama-free superstar, I asked him the question, if you could have any guy in the league for four years, who would you take Kawhi? And I think I would. I'll let you answer that in a second. I just wanted to address one point that we did not talk about, and that was the San Antonio fallout. The one thing I want to say, because there were a lot of questions about that, Danny Green was playing with a misdiagnosed injury last season Mm -hmm. the medical staff had something wrong Mm -hmm. and he was playing through it they told him you're okay and this report came out i think it was from through bleacher report uh last summer and it was that something was wrong now having known that information i think that changes the way that a lot of people look at that Kawhi situation i agree i think all those situations get blown out of proportion. Yeah. And I think just looking at the type of player Kawhi is in these finals, in these playoffs the whole year, that he's not the guy that would just stop playing. Yeah. Just to stop playing. Exactly. There had to been, there had to been something that maybe an outside doctor or something suggested so that he can prolong his career, and you can't really fault him for that. If I'm assuming that he was actually injured severely and couldn't play just because... He seems like the guy that wants to play basketball more than yeah. anything. That's all he wants to do. We even said it. He's not interested in anything outside of the NBA. He's all basketball. Yeah, so business I, first. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of think that... It didn't help that his coach started throwing him under the bus to the press either. Which is weird. I get that Popovich is a 
Look, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. Right. No great, doubt. Great coach, but he's always weird with the media, you know? I yeah. feel like he hates to take blame. So, or I don't think he would have even taken He doesn't blame. gel with every guy as a player either. Mm, and I could, like watching his interviews, I don't think I'd get along with him. <laughs> I respect him. I don't think I'd get along with him. <laughs> so, I don't know. But you can't. I, I just feel bad because I think his legacy as a spur should be, like, I think that yeah. it's kind of diminished. And I feel like, I mean, he's in the finals MVP. Beat LeBron, he locked him down. Almost beat him twice. Right. And I remember after the finals, Dwayne Wade was, I watched this clip on Instagram. I think TNT just posted it. Yeah, yeah, I saw they that They were too. like, as well as Draymond never hears him talk, Dwayne Wade's like, there's a couple guys on that team that didn't, like, I don't know what they sound like. Yeah, I don't know what his voice sounds like. <laughs> And Kawhi being one of them, right? And I don't even remember, but yeah, Kawhi probably just being the main one. And he, and then there's also that clip of LeBron where uh, you see Kawhi checks in, and LeBron's like, uh, like, oh crap, or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh darn, something worse language than that. But you can see him right when Kawhi checks, in. and this kid's 22 years old at the time. Yeah, like it's nuts. Yeah. Or not whatever he was, young. Yeah, I think he was 21 in that first series. Yeah, so I think they may have been 20, honestly. <laughs> See, that's crazy. And you're giving players like LeBron fits? That's nuts. So, Bear, you get a guy for the next four years, any guy in the whole league, would you take Kawhi? Would he be your number one? For the next four years, I think it would be very close I think I'd go Kawhi just for the fact that he's younger than Kevin Durant. Okay. I think Kevin Durant is the best scorer in the NBA, in my opinion. I've been a fan of Kevin Durant for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a little bias. Well, it's, everyone's got a guy in the NBA. And for me, Kawhi has become my guy over the last few right. years just because I love watching him play. I just think there's a – I haven't seen a guy as equally dominant offensively and defensively as Kawhi Leonard in my life. I think the only guy that you can, at least in the league now, and his prime now, is, I guess, Paul George. Yeah. In terms of yeah. defense and offense. Two-way player. Yeah. I re- I'm a big Paul George fan. Yeah. But I just, Kawhi's better, in my yeah. opinion. But Paul George is a great player. Yeah. And I was going to say Damian Lillard, maybe, but I, he just did not do it for me in that last, against the Warriors. He did have some rib problems. Yeah. So. And I think he's a guy that, like, <laughs> He's an old school guy. Right. So I love that little yeah. old school mentality. But it's hard to keep it's hard to turn my head away from Kevin Durant, but I think you gotta go Kawhi in terms of defense, offense, and age. And no and, social media stuff. Yeah, you're not gonna get you're gonna you know what you're getting. Yeah. You know? And Kevin Durant you don't always know. Alright, let's talk just a little bit, make sure we covered everything. I wanna talk I was just gonna mention real quick, I thought that boxing one that Toronto was playing was a great adjustment in the second half last night. Mm-hmm. It was. It's also interesting to see how Golden State has been attacking Kawhi mm-hmm. defensively, especially in that first game where they were trying to just take him out of the game, make everyone else mm-hmm. beat them. It's been fun to watch these adjustments. Right. I thought what it was fun for me is watching uh, as the game got on that having Draymond bring the ball up at point, at certain points of the game, and he was. He was finding guys. He was. He's a very talented passer. Yeah. Like, it's so valuable. I. It's so valuable having a guy like that at the small forward position or power forward position that can pass the ball. Yeah. So, it's it's crazy. They have guys that can. Seeker has the ability to make all those adjustments because he has. All those guys have the talent too. So, 
And I think, it's no knock to Steve Kerr, I think Steve Kerr is an amazing coach. And I think that these Warriors would not be the same with Mark Jackson. But Yeah, we saw it. They, t- they went up a big step the net the first year with yeah. Steve Kerr. So. And they didn't have Kevin Durant. I think, and also Nick Nurse. I, coming into like these playoffs, I didn't really know much yeah. about him at all. We didn't know anything about him. But like the way he's like found a way to utilize Van Vliet and get Danny Green going, and I think it's important to get Danny Green going yeah. in the finals because he's a guy that we know can, yeah. if he starts shooting the ball well and down the stretch, it's dangerous. And he had that one late three, too, to make it two points, I think. Um, so it's, it's really cool to watch the coaches just change the game up and figure things out, and I think both of them have done a really good job so far. In terms of strategy, what sport do you enjoy watching strategy unfold the most? Is it basketball or would you say baseball? Or, you know, football. Honestly, sports. people would... I think it's baseball for me. Yeah. I think it's so, like... There's so many things that that, that are out of the manager con, manager's control that the... I think the regular fan doesn't really think the manager does that much for a baseball yeah. team, which I think could not be further from the truth. As a Rangers fan, I've watched uh, the last... With Jeff Bannister, he, he was a great manager, I thought, at least. But, like, he couldn't manage the bullpen at all. Ever. We blew so many leads, or the Rangers blew so many leads, uh, <laughs> just because he, would ne- he wouldn't know when to put in a reliever. So I think there's so many things. you got to know the shifts. you got to you know players' tendencies and all that. And that's the manager's job to make sure everyone knows that. And there's nine guys that you got to figure out. And match you got matchup problems and stuff like that, that all managers have to make their decision. So, And I think that if a, if a play goes right in baseball, the the player gets most of the credit and not enough credit goes to the manager because I think they do a lot for the game. So I'd say that, but also football, I mean, strategy for, like, play calling, offensive coordinator, I think, and but I think that comes down to the quarterback as well, reading the defense. So yeah. I think I would say the baseball manager for sure. Okay, so I would probably – so I'm going to preface this by saying baseball is my favorite sport. I would say, however, and I love the strategy of baseball. I love National League baseball. I love pinch hitters and double switches. Right. And I think that's – I like having that aspect of the pitcher's batting, which American League no longer has and hasn't had for a long time. What I will say, though, is that in terms of strategy, I'm really drawn to watching how college and NBA coaches draw zone defense. I think especially in college basketball, it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah. Because I feel like in the NBA, that a lot of teams are superstar-centric, where the, team, the, the best player can find a way to just orchestrate the offense. And sometimes, like you saw LeBron went with Ty Lue. Like, I don't think Tyron Lue is like that great of a coach. <laughs> I think LeBron was the coach of that team, but... Yeah, I think in college especially, especially the kids are so young and don't know that much about the game, and they have to just embed it in those guys' heads. So I'd agree with you on that. I think that... and But I'm I'm making this clear. Basketball, the NBA is maybe like my fourth or fifth favorite sport in league at the moment, just because I'm not the biggest fan of the current state of the league. However, we have gotten the great playoffs. What I'm saying, though, is that and this is also for me personally because I, I played a lot of baseball growing up. And I feel like as a baseball analyst or whatever you want to call me, podcaster, I feel like I have a lot of abilities where I could 
step into a dugout. Now, the guys would not respect me at all because they'd just be <laughs> like, who is this guy? But I feel like I could, I could play along at home and be like, oh, I want this guy pinch hitting because... I like his splits against the left-handed pitcher more than I like this guy. Right. Or he's a better fastball hitter. Like, I understand that to a better extent. Whereas, I have no idea how to draw up a zone defense. Like, I do understand, you know, how a box of one works. We used to run them sometimes when I would play growing up. But I'm not a good basketball player. <laughs> I was okay at baseball. So... Basketball, I feel like I learn a lot as I watch some of these coaches and I see just a lot of different ways where I'm like, wow, I would have never yeah. thought of defending that guy that way. And I feel, for me personally, I learn a lot. Yeah, and I think definitely there's always, I'm, I also am always surprised in like an adjustment a coach makes in the NBA and like there'll be random games where a coach figures something out and, uh, a superstar scores what, 10 points sometimes. Like if, I think that the ability to slow down another team just by um, orchestrating up a different defense is almost, it's incredible. Because yeah. just in the middle of a game, you have to make an adjustment like that and it works. I would just like to see like how many times they like coaches make those adjustments and it works out like worse off for the team. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely impressive that like a coach can just watch the game and be like, oh, this is what needs to happen. Yeah. This need, like if we just put three guys down low and then two guys up top, this will stop, whatever, whatever. It's crazy. And you'll get to have a front row seat to watch Jamie Dixon do all oh, that yeah. stuff next year. That's exciting. <laughs> I think they got to they gotta step it up next year. <laughs> well, we can't – we don't want you saying too much of that. You might get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I'll say is that that's also a fun aspect of baseball is the fact that you you know you can be an armchair manager to some extent right. and feel like you can play along and feel like you are in the right when you see a manager make a move that isn't doesn't seem right yeah and look you you said it best we <laughs> we have to respect what these guys do and everything but yeah that's yeah. <laughs> and honestly I feel like that like. I'm not saying baseball is a sport of luck by any means, but, like, there can be things that can happen. I feel like there's more lucky plays in in baseball than there are in basketball. So then, I guess that... I would also say football has a lot of lucky plays, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, blown, busted cover. Yeah, exactly. Like that. Like, it's because you got 11 men on the field. Trying to beat each other up. Yeah. Something's going to go crazy. Yeah. There's so many things that are out of your control. Right. But, yeah, baseball, there's also weird stuff that happens, too. So, okay, Bear, let's talk a little baseball while you're here. Sounds good to me. You're a big Rangers fan. Huge. Now, they're in second place right now. Overperforming, in my opinion. (laughs) And is it true that your family has had MLB extra innings for several years and you guys canceled your subscription this year because you weren't expecting a whole lot from the team? This is true, but I would like to go on record and say it was not my decision. (laughs) My mom is under the impression when she doesn't watch the games or doesn't own it, we play better. So, because like at least starting this year, we bought it right when uh, I remember like uh, we went to the it was the opening series was Cubs Rangers, um, and we won the series I think, and I think we were like oh my gosh, we got to watch this. 
like, because, I don't know, but I didn't it's expect awesome. anything. I was like, this team's not good, but, like, it, they got some guys I just love and some power hitter, like Joey Gallows. Yeah, he's so, having a nice year. Yeah, so I think... Mike Miner also having a very nice oh, year. Oh, yeah, and Hunter Pence. Yeah. What? Yeah, what a bounce back that guy's had. It's crazy. People I, thought he might have retired after last season. Yeah, so I don't... I think that's a guy we got to trade going yeah. forward at the deadline. Get a young arm, because that's our issue. It's just, or not ours, the Rangers, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Uh, You're not, look, you don't write a blog, you're not a podcast or anything like that. (laughs) So, I mean, you're you're a guest and you're very knowledgeable and you're always welcome back. So I appreciate your thoughts, but I'm not going to hold you to the standard of someone from the press who, which I think people who call themselves member of the press should not refer to themselves as we or us or whatever. But... Yeah, I'm not worried about you. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I think we're just our offense is overperforming, and there's so many players that I'm just impressed with. Like Elvis Andrews is batting over 300, and I think he's baby just, shark. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like a consistent guy. Where we'll have some mistakes in the field here and there. So we saw that in that Toronto Blue Jays series. Oh my gosh, <laughs> um, but he'll have an occasional error or whatnot. But he can hit the ball for average, and he gets a base hit whenever you need him. And I think the addition of Asdrubal Cabrera to not not replace Beltre, but have a little veteran guy that can play third base since Beltre's not there has been very helpful. I think he's hit 12 home runs. He's batting like two. He, I don't think his, his average has fell off a little bit, but he's definitely valuable in the field and can get come up big. In some spots, I think Mazzara's a good young player. Yeah, I think... Hopefully, I've heard I've heard Twitter Rangers Twitter is calling for maybe we can get a better arm for Mazzara, but I don't know. I, I like to keep Mazzara. Joey Gallo has cut down his strikeout numbers a little bit, yeah, and his, that's big. his walk numbers has shot up, which is huge. And his OPS is just fantastic. I think it's best on our team. I think it's top ten in the MLB. Um, and. Um, one impressed with Logan Forsythe playing first yeah, base, yeah. and Ronald Guzman. Just some random like additions <laughs> that Chris Woodward. Um, I think Chris Woodward is a fantastic, uh, like example of a manager that does so much for his team. Is like he embedded this whole like trust the process. Um, just keep getting putting up good and bad. So you'll get on base, and the players have really bought into that. I think the only guy that I just worry about is Ruben Odor. He's just not having, yeah. and I just not having a great year. But, but Chris Woodward, like, will always back him up and say, you know, this guy's so close, so close to being here. He's putting good wood on the ball, but he's just not hitting for average. I think he's just batting, got his average up to like two hundred, I think, but it was like one seventy for like a long, long time. <laughs> and that guy was, especially after that Bautista punch, I think his <laughs> yeah. his like stock went up, and he, I thought he was gonna be our guy for a long time, but. I think uh, I don't know about him really. I don't. I don't know. I think there's got to be some trades made, especially Hunter Pence. We could get a nice little arm, I think, to a contender. Maybe the Cubs. Oh, uh, yeah. They well, they just help. picked up Carlos Gonzalez. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. So potentially, if yeah. someone got hurt, someone right. always, everyone always needs an extra bat, especially any playoff team. Can yeah. Use it. And any playoff team is going to offer and uh, offer us what we want, which is just. Cubs don't uh, have any arms to oh, yeah. give up. <laughs> they don't true, have any true. pitching. You know what's funny about the Cubs? 
And I, then I want to comment on another team in your division. It's really interesting. I was thinking about the other day. Out of all of the draft picks since the new front office came in with Theo and Jed Hoyer, mm-hmm. they've only had a few guys come up to the show. Which were Javi? He was drafted before. He was he was a pick from Jim Hendry. Okay. So Schwarber? Schwarber, Almora, Bryant, and uh, Hap. And then Bodie. Bodie is like an eighth round pick. Bodie's not a blue chip prospect. He's a, I think he's a replacement level guy. He's a good guy to have on your roster. But they haven't really had that many guys come up and be huge impact guys. A lot of them have come through these trades that they've made in mm-hmm. the sense of flipping Jeff Samarja for Edison Russell or getting Jake Arietta or Kyle Hendricks and which is very true Rizzo yeah because I think I remember Arietta being like what like a reliever for the Orioles like yeah he did make some starts but yeah he was a reliever for a while he wasn't near as good like yeah it seems like when when uh you're right, and when they make those acquisitions, like Hamels was fantastic for you guys last yeah. year, which breaks my heart. Because <laughs> seems like we do a lot of trades with the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. That's yeah. where Cubs got Hendricks from you guys. Yep. Was- Hendricks, Carl Edwards Jr., Mike Olt. Right, and I feel like Neil Ramirez. Right, um, Leonis Martin. Yeah. I don't know if he, I think we traded, I think he, he went to the Mariners before yeah. the Cubs, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. So you mentioned the Mariners. I was just about to bring up. It looks like they're starting to sell off pieces. Yeah, I mean they started off as like, expected. Yeah, they started off thirteen and two. Yeah, and a lot of hit a lot of home runs over those first few weeks. Yeah, I know your family's favorite player, Danny Vogel. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're a weird team. I feel like that. Um, they they always they're just never there at the end. Yeah, you know? they start off great. Those poor fans. True. It's got to be horrible. And that stadium's great. It's so beautiful. And they had Ken Griffey, and they never got a championship with Ken Griffey. And Ichiro, they didn't have much luck with Ichiro and all that. They're, and Cano took steroids. <laughs> so did A-Rod. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you just got to – I mean, I don't really feel for the franchise as a Rangers fan because yeah. I don't really want to know a good ALS team. There's yeah. already, like – the Astros are always already doing that for me. But – um, yeah, it's just, I don't know what it is with them. They can never just figure it out. It always seems like they're kind of close to figuring it out and then just never do. Well, I think they were expecting to be rebuilding this year, right. and they just got off to a hot yeah. start. They're a little comparable to the Diamondbacks, because Diamondbacks got off to a hot start, and they're starting to come down, and there might be a game below 500 right now. They're right around 500. Mariners are about 10 games under 500 right now, so they've fallen very quickly. Mm-hmm. They they just got they trade Jay Bruce and they're gonna eat like fifteen or sixteen million of that contract too. So I hope whatever prospect they got back was a good prospect. <laughs> so my Twitter feed is flooded with Cubs fans that are angry with Theo Epstein. Yes. In the front office. Yeah. What is your take on all that? Well, <laughs> I, I gotta be careful here. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, I get a lot of Cubs fans upset with me when I'm. A little critical sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to. Throw no, it. no, no. It's cool. It's cool. Um, <laughs> here's what I will say about the Cubs. Number one, like every Cubs fan should be thankful for what Theo Epstein has brought to the team. 
uh, winning a World Series and breaking a 100-year curse or drought or whatever you want to call it. However, having said that, there have been some slip-ups here that have gotten the team to where it's at. And I think part of it is I talked about this on the MLB season preview episode with Jordan Mardini. I was talking about the difference between what the Dodgers have done and the Cubs have done. With the Cubs, they sold off a lot of nice pieces, and they've also used a lot of spent a lot of money, which the Dodgers have had a high payroll, but that's from a long time yeah, ago. Always have. Yeah. And they but the difference is the Dodgers at some point if they wanted to go all in for a championship, they could have traded Seager or Bellinger right. or Bueller or whatever. These guys have all been homegrown, and they've developed them. They've also drafted pitching. Theo's never been one to really go after drafting pitching. So I think the Cubs have put themselves in an interesting spot. They've spent a lot of money. I think they have more money they can spend. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with... Kimbrell and Keuchel. Oh yeah. Right now, I don't think I don't think either is going to end up with the Cubs. Kimbrell would be huge though, huh? It's just yeah, yeah. The only thing is, do you know like what are you going to get out of him coming midseason? Is See, he ready? I, how did that? I'm kind of shocked that he's like on this long. Yeah. Because I guess it's kind of kind of like the NFL is doing this like waiting stuff, but I don't know. I feel like. He hasn't even been able to pitch in, like, um, extended spring games or anything like that. So, like, it's all it's all up to what he's been doing, working, like, doing bullpen sessions alone. Who knows? We don't have any, like, insight on that. It's comparable to Greg Holland last year who signed on opening day, and it took him a little while to get ready, and they ended up DFAing him. Right. And I don't think that's going to be the same thing with Kimball, right. but he might struggle. It might take him a while to get ready. Because you can't simulate real game action at all. And he's missed a whole half a year then. Yeah. And Holland's been very good this year, I should say. I just think that, and another, a lot of those pitchers last year who signed late, only Arietta was the one who, he was the only one who had a pretty good year. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of those guys struggled. Right. I want to talk on the subject of the Cubs. Just, you know, a little bit of what's going on around the league. And then I got another thing we talk about in your AL West. So, interesting enough, the Cubs just got swept by the Cardinals. It was uh, it was payback that was overdue because the Cubs took all three at Wrigley about three, four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think that it's unfortunate for the Cubs because I think they just gave the Cardinals a lot of new life where they had been spiraling downhill. They, had, they were like five for their last, only won five of the last 18 games or six of their last 18 games. Now they've won four straight. What does the record say at now? The NL Central so interesting. Oh man. yeah, I love like yeah, it's a great division. So the Cardinals are thirty and twenty eight now. They're three games back of first place. The Cubs are out of first place now by a game and a half. They went in the weekend in first place. Brewers are in first place. So yeah, that was a that was a tough weekend for the Cubs. And now they've got on the schedule. They're playing the Angels today. Then they got three games with the Rockies, who are red hot. Then they've got the Cardinals again at home, and they're out in Denver the next week. And I don't know when their next day off is, to tell you the truth. They don't have one this whole week. That's tough. Especially having to play the Rockies twice, you said? Yeah. 
In They're Colorado. playing some great baseball. It's yeah. at home this week, but then next week out in Denver. Yeah, they are. I'm... We, we don't have too many thoughts to add on to that, just kind of catching everyone up on what's going on. The Dodgers just swept the Phillies, which is another one that really hurts the Phillies. I think they're, they're I don't know if their schedule is going to be as tough coming up. Um, I'm not quite sure on that. But now the Braves, who are also playing very well, are just a game back. So that's another interesting division race. Very true. And then one team that I think is very interesting out in the AL West, mm-hmm. I picked them as a wild card team. That's the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's. <laughs> that I agree. I feel like you can never, never. I mean, you saw it with Moneyball and stuff like that, and all like in years after that, that they can find ways to win. Yeah. In weird ways. Yeah. And. You can never really count them out. What are they sitting in? They're one game under five hundred, so they won a 10-game win streak that ended last week, right. late in the week. Now they've lost the last five, but I think they're going to go... They've got another run in them pretty soon. I, I don't see any, like... I think they would could definitely challenge for the wild card still at this point in the season. In in this division, too, Yeah, I would say. There's not a, like... I love watching that third baseman Chapman, I think his name is. Yeah. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's Played awesome. behind Arenado in high school. Right. That's crazy. Can you imagine? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that you can never really count him out if Chris Davis starts hitting the ball really well like he can. We know he can crush, crush. the ball. <laughs> and stay and be consistent with that. I think that's his issue, is that sometimes he's just not very consistent with his and I like I think if their guys can figure it out and I think they have the managing, and if they're good in the in their situations, and they, I don't see a reason why they couldn't challenge for the wild card either. Especially it's a grueling long season. I don't know if Texas or the Angels will keep up. Yeah, I really think there's only going to be about six teams in the in the hunt for the five spots. Right. I think you got your three out in the AL East with Boston, New York, and Tampa, and then whoever comes out of the AL Central, which right now the Twins. Art. They have the best record in the American League. It's crazy league. because what makes me so angry is they have Martin Perez, who was just. <laughs> it seems like a Rangers pitcher will get traded or leave and then put up his best season right after. <laughs> Not Darvish. Well, yeah, that that's one. I think I feel bad for that guy, but I I, I think do too. I think that the problem with those off speed type pitch, like his arm was, he was throwing crazy stuff for uh, for the Rangers. And that his arm's got to be close to, like, just almost. He's had Tommy John. Yeah, he's, he's in had his two 30s. surgeries. I had two surgeries on his arm, I think. And I don't love the Chicago situation for him. I think he'd be better in a smaller market I with agree. less pressure. I agree. I think that that's why coming in, I think that's why the Rangers were so good for him is because they were coming off of, like, two World Series losses, but they're not – it's still always – Cowboys time. Yeah, exactly. It's still always going to be... And then you've got Cuban making all that noise, too. Right. <laughs> and you get, so it's there's always going to be another team there to collect most of the pressure if you're on the Rangers, which can, can be a good thing, but also it might be a deterrent for some free agents. So you we'll, you we'll probably see. appreciate having a Rangers owner that stays out of the news compared yep. to those other guys you've got in right. Dallas. So, yeah, there are tons of... <laughs> Crazy or not? I shouldn't say crazy, but very animated, animated loud uh, owners in Dallas. But I think my one uh, complaint is I think that, or so I've heard, 
um, that John Daniels gets a lot of heat for the Rangers' acquisitions, but I just don't think he gets allocated enough money because they just don't really have that much money to spend, but they're spending all this money on stadiums, uh, whatever, new facilities and stuff like that, and I just don't really understand why they're not spending it on pitching. Yeah, I mean, that's a really nice ballpark you guys got down there. And it's there. only 20 years old. Yeah, and it reminds me of The Rookie. I right. was thinking of the last scene in The Rookie with Dennis Quaid. I'm going to have to see it when I come down for family weekend right. this year because I've never seen it, and it's going to be gone soon. Uh, that's an interesting point. I had not thought about that. It's probably a keeping up with the Joneses thing right. to try to keep up with what the Cowboys have built with their stadium yeah. and also want to be indoors. I guess that that is a big part of it, being indoors, because during those long, hot Texas summers, it's hard to put fans in seats because yeah. they just get too hot. Yeah. So which I can see is good, but I have a hard time just tearing down a perfectly good 20-year-old yeah. stadium. I don't like that. I like history. So do I, exactly. Especially in baseball. Like, your what, your three favorite stadiums are always going to be Wrigley, Fenway, and uh, I guess Camden Yards maybe for me. I don't know. Oh, okay. I haven't been there. Me neither, but I just... <laughs> yeah, I, I, the reason I say that is the Rangers once scored like 30. Dodger miles. Stadium, another example. Yeah, I've been to Dodger part. Stadium. That is cool. Chavez Ravine is awesome. It reminds me of Cooperstown a little bit, if you've ever been to Cooperstown. No. you got all the hills out in the outfield. It's not in a super commercial area. Right. It's just out in the hills. And yeah, it's awesome. It's It looks like it'd be a fun place to play. Yeah. Yeah, I think... For the newer stadiums, I think Safeco is really cool. I have think. not been yet. Yeah. But it looks awesome. Yeah. I, I've i always wanted to see Minute Maid. Minute Maid's cool, honestly. Call it the juice box. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the one AT&T, stadium. well now Oracle Park, where yeah. the Giants play. That one was really cool. I was there I for Angel Pagan's Inside the Park Home oh. Run, if you remember that. Um, but also, I think number one on my list would be PNC Park. Oh yeah, I I've always wanted to go. Have it looks been. so cool. It looks so cool. Yeah, I would the love. Kermati Brothers sandwiches are supposed to be really good. The other one uh, that I really liked was Petco out in San. Oh yeah, the sandbox. My dad, my dad went to a few games out. Padres games. I've never been, but he sent me pictures. It's pretty cool. They've got great food there. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I love talking ballparks too. Me too. This is fun. All right, Bear. One last note I want to talk about in terms of baseball news and then we'll probably say goodbye for now after that yeah how about lucas giolito with the white Sox? oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> i know you and your family have a share of white Sox season tickets so mm-hmm. you've probably seen him pitch a few times mm-hmm. have you seen him pitch this year in yep. person yep i pitched i was gonna go yesterday i think he was up yesterday i think yeah through eight yep. strikeouts it's crazy i i saw uh he pitched against the Blue Jays, I believe, I went to. And he went seven and struck out nine or something like that. And I think he's the real deal. Yeah, I think so, too. But, like, with that, you got to get that Kopech guy healthy. Yep. And then 
some more. I don't know. Eloy Jimenez has to play like he's suppo- like yeah. the prospect he's supposed to. I think that team could be pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sold on Tim Anderson. Me neither. I, I think, think he's just, just the, having his height. Yeah, like, I mean, think back to when the Cubs were rebuilding five years ago, and Emilio Bonifacio was hitting like 400 through the first two months. Right. It's comparable to that. I think. Look, he's a fine player and a good guy to have on the team. I'm not really into the antics, right. but <laughs> I think anytime you can get a switch, is he a switch hitter? I know Makata is. I don't think he is. Yeah, I think I just he's got to right Makata, but I think that he's a good base stealer for sure yeah. too. If he gets on base, he's a valuable guy, and I think the players like him in the clubhouse. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like Mankata has finally took a step in the right direction. When I listen to that guy hit the hit the ball. I've never heard a baseball off the bat sound like that. It's crazy. Wow. It, He's it, looking good this year, too. His swing looks like Ken Griffey Jr.'s to mine. Wow. I think he's just so fun to watch, so electric, and looks he's, looks like he's a kind of a small guy, but he can hit the ball a mile. Let me ask you, from watching Giolito last year mm-hmm. to this year, what has jumped out? Have you noticed any differences when you're at the game in terms of his composure, his oh, release, yeah. anything? Honestly, my dad, and I, my dad and I were talking about this last year, and then someone else who we sit near who also, who not also, but has season tickets and owns a share of the Cub, I mean the White Sox and Bulls. So he's like there at all the games, he sits near us. And he was saying that Giolito would shake off pitches a ton. Oh. And not very confident in like yeah. his selection and was only really confident with his fastball and changeup. And apparently, like, we've talked to him again, like, he said that, you know, he's just confident in all of his pitches now and his put-away pitches. And that was always an issue, the two-strike pitch. So I think he's finally figured that out and can make miss bats. And so I think just confidence is it. Yeah, it looks like a lot of it's mental. He talked about it at MLB Central recently with DeRosa, the idea that when he was pitching in Washington, he felt... A lot of pressure whenever he'd step into a spot start because he's like, right. this is a rotation with Scherzer and Strasburg oh, yeah. and you name it, all those guys. So he felt like this is my opportunity and I need to pitch well, otherwise I'm going to blow it. And that kind of pressure in baseball is dangerous for players. Right. I think you need to be in a situation for a young guy to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Last year, he felt that same pressure. Going into this year, he said, look... I had a horrible year last year. Or at least I had a bad year, okay? Mm-hmm. And he was also, I think he was pretty good outside of the first inning. I think he struggled a lot in the first inning last right. year, and he showed a lot of potential later in the season, right. pitched a lot better. He said that if he could have a year like last year and remain in the rotation this year, then he doesn't have a whole lot to worry about. He right. should just relax just play and have fun and enjoy it. He also changed his arm release point. I think he brought it in a little bit he's not extending it out as much Mm -hmm. uh and he worked on his with his high school pitching coach so we've seen some changes in both but he said most of it's mental and tell you the truth i love watching him pitch i think it's really cool to see a guy get out of that funk and show that potential that live up to some of that hype if you will and it's been really cool to see him blossom and grow this year he's looking like an ace at the moment right and i think it's kind of cool to, at least as a neutral fan in Chicago, to have at least the White Sox perking up, maybe. Yeah, being interesting. Being interesting and having the Cubs just being the Cubs, you know? Yeah. So, like, it just make, makes it more fun being around here. And the stadium, 
I don't know, like, whenever I've gone to a couple White Sox games this year, and although they're not, like, the best team, but, like, there's more buzz, you can tell. Yeah. The fans are a little more excited, a little, I don't know, there's just more excitement around. Yeah, I think, so right now they're 29-30, just a game under 500, they have a bad division, we'll see if the Indians ever get going, I mean, they may just end up being around 500 too, maybe they sell off parts. When you get to play the Royals and the Tigers... 18 times each. That's thirty, at least 36 games you're playing against those guys. You're going to rack up some wins. Oh, yeah. So their win total could be just a touch inflated, but you could say that about any American League team for that matter because there are a lot of bad teams in the American League. Right. Also, you could probably take the Cincinnati Reds or the Pirates and flip them with the Twins, and I think they'd be in first place in that division. (laughs) I'd like to see that. Or the Mets, maybe. So like, yeah, you even like with the Twins, you never know what the Twins are going to do. They yeah. could just fall off, and maybe yeah. some team gets hot in the AL Central. Because I remember the Twins, what, they had that, well, I think it was Torrey Honors last year in the MLB. They were like winning the division with like a month left, and then they completely choked it and didn't even yeah. make the playoffs. Or maybe they <laughs> wild card, I'm not sure. Yeah, they've been weird to uh, get a pulse on for the last couple years because they've been up and down every year. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of exciting players in Rosario and Polanco and oh, yeah. uh, Buxton, Buxton is having a good year. Fine, like That guy, I remember him coming in. He was supposed to be, oh my gosh. He's another guy like Giolito that right. you can look at. Who's, right. So it's interesting. I think what the White Sox will end up, I think they'll probably end up around 500 this year and then next year with Kopech back, hopefully – and maybe some of these other pitchers develop in terms of Lopez or who knows with Rodon or Fulmer. Right. One, one of these guys can pan out. Next year they could be really, really interesting. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And I was hoping they'd sign Bryce Harper because I, I oh, wanted yeah. to have some juice between that Crosstown Cup, have some excitement that hasn't been there yeah, since Machado, right. Ozzy Guillen was always stirring the pot, oh, and yeah. so to have someone like Harper or Machado, who was a little bit of a controversial figure. Oh, yeah. And then you have those storylines, I think it'd be fun. Because I remember how fun it was watching, like, A.J. Frasinski play against the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm... Uh, Derek fine. Lee. Yeah. Were, I think Michael the, Barrett. One that. of the differences is I think there were a lot more fiery veterans on those teams. Right. And there, I think that's no... I think there's a reason why that 2005... White Sox team won. Yeah. It's because the veteran leadership is so important. Yeah. So once these young guys figure it out and maybe get a few and become these veterans or become these seasoned players, they could be a very good team soon. I think. Yeah. So. We'll see. Well, Bear, I think we're done today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. Lastly, is there anything you want to plug while you're here? A social media handle, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Um... Bear Coatman, B-A-I-R-K-O-T-H-M-A-N-N-21 on Twitter. I got some sports opinions on there. <laughs> and some, maybe... If you guys don't know how to spell his name, it'll be yeah. in the podcast and then description. Bear Witch Project on Instagram. <laughs> B- you, B-A-I-R again. Yes, sir. So, yeah. All right, well, you knocked it out of the park. Yeah. I'll have to have you back on again. You did so a great job. Fun. Thank you so much. So that does it for my conversation with Bear Coatman. Had a lot of fun talking with him. Very thankful that he volunteered to come on this podcast and come in studio. So had a lot of fun talking about NBA and MLB. 
If you like what you listen to today, go ahead, subscribe to the podcast, press on sports on iTunes. You will never miss an episode, also known as Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a YouTube channel, there's Spotify, lots of other places, lots of other podcast apps that Press On Sports is available in. Go ahead and follow along. You'll never miss an episode. Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That helps a lot with getting the word out with the search engine on iTunes with this podcast. Follow me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at thejackvita. That's at the J-A-C-K-V-I-T-A. Follow along. I post a lot on there about when I'm podcasting, so that's another way that you can follow along, get in touch with me, tweet me your thoughts, tell us what you think about these NBA finals or what you think about this baseball season or whatever I'm talking about. We've had some fun podcasts recently. Last week I previewed the finals with Parker Gatewood. Uh, If you're interested in going back and listening to that one, we also talked a little bit about this new season of American Ninja Warrior a couple weeks ago. Also had Rachel Gerhardt on, and we talked about a lot of reality TV. So lots of good content out there. And tell me what you think on social media. I love getting in touch. I love interacting. Go ahead and tweet me, follow me, do whatever you want. Lastly, I should share what is coming up on the podcast later this week. There is a bonus episode out this week. It is not a sports podcast. I will be having a good friend of mine from my childhood, Barry Dunn, not to be confused with Bear Coatman. These are two (laughs) different guys. Barry Dunn is going to join me to talk about his favorite movie from his childhood, Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius. (laughs) I'll be tuning in to that. (laughs) Yeah, so that'll be a fun one. We'll talk about the movie and the cultural impact on our childhoods and be very nostalgic and should be a lot of fun. So thank you, everyone, to listening to the podcast. I look forward to having you hear from me soon. God bless everyone. Bring in the dancing lobsters.